evening. How, how are y'all? Y'all good? Good to see you. I'm glad that y'all decided to come to church after the Virginia game last night. Ended kind of late. <laughs> they did good. They did so well. I was sad about Virginia Tech, but they did better than I had expected against Duke. So, um, anyway, welcome to 7th Street Christian Church. We did not gather to talk um, basketball, though I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, this is a special fifth Sunday. Um, as you know, you should know, um, at least you should know if you're a regular here, that we have been sharing information about the Cawthorn Fund and about organizations um, that uh, will receive money, um, this Cawthorn Fund money. And so we welcome our special guests this morning um, from our different, our five different organizations. Um, we look forward to hearing more about what you're doing, the incredible work that you're doing that impacts our community. So welcome. More about that later in the service from Steve Cheney. Um, but uh, but uh, uh, definitely a, a good welcome. Um, a couple of other announcements to share. One is that um, Easter's coming. I can't even believe it. Um, and uh, we are accepting Easter egg donations for our Easter egg hunt. So things like candy and other goodies that fit inside those little plastic Easter eggs. Do we need Easter eggs? We just need the good stuff to go inside it. Preferably chocolate for me. Um, no. Whatever you, whatever you think uh, will fit in an egg. Um, but there's a basket out there for those donations, and um, so please bring stuff. So, and you can also see Miss Jamie if you want to um, help stuff those eggs. Yeah, so. Um, also happening is um, we will be volunteering um, with Caritas. So please notice in your bulletin that announcement about our work. Um, we're partnering again with Grace Baptist Church to host Caritas the week of April 13th through April 20th. There's a sign-up sheet in the, in the hallway um, for you to, to do that. So, and Liz is reminding me, we need young, strong people, okay, willing to get up at 7.30 in the morning. All right, our old, strong people, whatever, all ages, your lily order form, don't forget. Next week's the last week um, for our Easter lilies. And then, all right, I don't like to do these long announcements, and I apologize, but this one's rather important. Um, so I was hoping the newsletter would get out a little bit before April 1st, but it's not. We couldn't get it out in time, and there's going to be an article about telecare. Now, telecare, uh, as you may know, is, may or may not know, is our phone service that we have for individuals that are homebound, that need a friendly phone call, and it was started by Hanover back in 71 and has been going quite a while. Um, so that is a ministry out of 7th Street Christian Church that we have. It's a fantastic ministry. Um, our volunteers still call about 14 or 15 people in the community. So there's that piece. One of the things that happened a couple weeks ago, and I'll, again, I share this story in the newsletter about Mr. Cole, who passed away a couple weeks, um, a couple weeks back. He is one 
within our congregation who, if you had told me we would somehow lose touch with and not know that he was in the hospital and therefore not be able to reach out to him as a congregation, he's the one person that I thought, we won't miss him. Like, like we have all the checks and balances to make sure we connect with Mr. Cole. And while many of us in our congregation did reach out and call, he was actually in the hospital for the last three weeks of his life, and none of us knew. The thought of that absolutely breaks my heart. So, personally, as a pastor, I am encouraging everyone of any age, honestly, that lives alone or whose spouse perhaps is not a member here at 7th Street Christian Church to help us out in a couple of ways. One is filling out a telecare form, and we've sort of updated it. There's even an online version that gives us extra information about your family, about close friends, about your neighbors. I can't help but think that if we hadn't heard um, from Mr. Cole and we had, say, the neighbor's phone number, we would have reached out to the neighbor and said, what's going on here? We live in a day and age where families are further apart. We are living longer. We are trying to stay as independent as we possibly can um, for as long as we can. And therefore, we just want to put an extra level of checks and balances in place. And today, while we are hearing from five organizations that help seniors in our community, this seemed like the perfect day to also share this information. So I have these forms out in the narthex. It says telecare on it. I understand that you might think, I don't need to be on telecare and receive a phone call every day. That's fine. But please fill out this information so that we have it on hand. So the other thing that I created, if you would like to pick one up, is almost like an oversized business card and it says in case in case of care, please contact 7th Street Christian Church. And it has my cell phone number and the office cell phone number. What I imagine for this is um, it going on your refrigerator or if you're in the hospital being able to slip it in um, to your hospital file. And so if something happens, an emergency happens, they know to reach out to 7th Street Christian Church. Um, I just am trying to do something so that this doesn't happen again. So that's all I'm going to say about that. So, <laughs> um, so please, all ages, fill it out. Um, that's all I have. And with that, let us have our gathering song. Good morning. I invite those young and young at heart to come on down, including the choir. Grab an instrument. We are willing to share our instruments, too, with those that would like to participate. You got some? Thank you, Jess. Can I interest any of the Douglases in a tambourine? Thank you. Excellent. So this morning, we will be singing a song that we have done as a gathering song before, but since we have lots of guests in our midst, we're going to be teaching it again. 
It is called Deep and Wide. Do you guys remember singing Deep and Wide? Okay, then good. It's great that we're reviewing it, too. There are hand motions, so it's not us just using our voices, but also our whole bodies to worship God. Okay, so we're going to run through it once. The words are quite simple. The first line goes deep and wide. Then it repeats deep and wide. Then it says there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. And then it repeats itself, deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Okay, those are all the words. That's all you need to know. Okay, so I invite us to stand in body or in spirit and join in song and movement in worship of God. Are you ready, Miss Martha? Okay. Deep. Okay, ready? Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Lovely. Do you think we can do it a little bit faster? What do you think? The Holy Spirit's really moving me to go a little faster today. So do you think we can do it a little faster? Okay. Ready? Two. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Amen. Thank you so much. I invite you to turn in your hymnal to number 739 and to uh, regain your standing position as you are able. Our call to worship this morning is Psalm 32. It has a sung response, and that is where you see the R. Your parts are in bold. And as you're finding 739, I also invite you to stick a finger into hymn number 718. We'll sing that immediately after the call to worship. Those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, happy are those to whom God imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept my silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. 
My strength was dried up by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to God, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you at a time of distress. The rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with the glad cries of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you horse or a mule, without understanding, whose temper must be curved with a bit and bridle, else it will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in God. Be glad in God and rejoice, O uptress, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. standing for him number 718 we'll sing verses 1 and 3 Be seated. Our gospel reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and verses 11 through 32. Those can be found on pages 78 and 79 in your pew Bible. Listen now for God's word to us. 
Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a young man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So we divided his property between them. A few days later, the son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, he, a, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him, sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He would have gladly filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. And then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly. Bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. And he replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he's got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours, but we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours 
was dead has come to life. He was lost, has been found. Friends, this is God's word for us. The word of the Lord. Because we too often live estranged from God and from one another, we confess our sins. In humility and in faith of our restoration, we confess our sins to God and one another. And so I invite you to please join me in the prayer of confession printed in your bulletin this morning. Let us pray. We confess that at times, O God, we have kept silence, even as we have seen the bodies, the spirits, and minds of your children waste away. We have received manna from heaven and yet have hoarded and kept it for ourselves, while others die of hunger physically and spiritually. Lord, have mercy. We confess, O God, we have looked with self-righteous judgment upon those who have strayed away from you and those who have not come to you. We've convinced ourselves of our own righteousness and have forsaken the call of Christ to love our neighbors as ourselves. Christ, have mercy. We confess, O Holy One, we have longed for you to regard our prayers Heal our diseases and our land, and love us more than others. We know that you have called us to care for the widows and orphans, to love the strangers and our neighbors. Yet at times we try to hoard your love, O God, as the Israelites tried to hoard manna in the wilderness. Lord, have mercy. O God, we know that you have given us the ministry of reconciliation and have called us to be ambassadors for Christ. Yet we have often examined the sin in others and not embraced them in your love. Instruct us and teach us the way to go in your love. Show us how to regard others, not from the limits of a human point of view but to see them through the eyes of divine love. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven and reconciled. And so now at peace with God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another. The peace of Christ be with you.
may be seated. I'll invite those young and young at heart to once again join me up front on the stairs. Do you recognize this kind of plate? Yeah. So in worship, we often see them up there. It is called an offering plate. What did you say? So some people from our congregation, yes, they bring the offering plates around through the sanctuary every time, every single week. Do you know what people out there put in the offering plate? Often it's money. That is correct. I have a few things in um, my offering plate. I'm wondering if you could grab one out and open it up. Okay, will you open one too, Pastor Holly? Thank you. You got a present. Do people put wrapped gifts? You got money. Pastor Holly, what did you get? Oh. Yeah, so we already named something about money being put in the offering plate. People give of their own money as a gift to God. Oh, so maybe not everything that we offer to God is just money. There are so many options, and I love that you are just Yeah, so sometimes what we've already named is that we put money into the offering. But money isn't the only thing that we can offer to God. You have a gift, Ellie, but your gift might not be cash. It could be, what does the choir do? It could be singing. Your gift could be singing. Your gift could be playing an instrument. You're very good at dancing. Your gift could be dancing. Your gift could be serving others. Your gift would be art. Exactly, yes. We all have lots of different gifts. Not just our money is offered to God, but so it could be a pet. The joy that a pet brings to worship. I know you love when those dogs come. Yeah, so a gift could be loving our pet, too. And then, Pastor Holly, you said you have a clock. Why would you have a clock? Oh, that could be, that could be a gift we share with one another. Or, this was not planted. Um, or, I'm wondering if us sharing our time with the church and in the community is another way that we can offer ourselves to God. Yeah, exactly. So not only do we put money in offering to God, but we put our own gifts of singing and dance, and we also give our time as an offering to God. You can put them back in here. You can offer them back to God. And so this happens each week as we respond to God's invitation to share our offerings. 
each and every week, not just money, but also our gifts and our time. Okay, so I wanted us to learn a little bit, a little bit about offering today. Will you pray with me before we go to wandering through worship? Okay, repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for the invitation to offer ourselves our money, our gifts, and our time to honor and glorify you in all we do. Help us to love others as you have loved us. And all of God's children said, Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's head on out to wandering through worship. In May of 1929, almost 90 years ago, Letitia Cawthorn, a member of 7th Street Christian Church, created a legacy. She left $4,195 for the establishment of an old lady's home. This, of course, was not enough money to establish one at that time, and under very careful management by the trustees of 7th Street Christian Church, this amount has grown to over $400,000. And under the guidance of our trustees, Ford Lanterman, Hunter Cockrell, Terry Ragsdale, and with a great deal of help from Barbara Dickinson, this was taken to the courts, and uh, the purpose of this fund was uh, changed. And uh, it was decided that half of it would be used in order to help 7th Street Christian Church update our facility to help our elderly congregation members, and that the other half would become part of the Cawthorn Donation Fund, where we would donate to support the provision of housing, care, and services for the benefit of the elderly in Richmond and surrounding counties. The Outreach Committee was charged with finding such people in the Richmond area uh, to donate the Cawthorn Fund to. Uh, with a great deal of help, again, from Whitney Walters and Barbara Dickinson, uh, I have gone out to do that. And I want to tell you that today we have five organizations that we have identified. They have been vetted by the trustees as qualifying uh, under the terms of the Cawthorn Fund and, and I want to tell you that all five of these organizations are doing incredible work in our community. I, I was amazed. I, I did not understand, did not appreciate all that they do. Uh, one of the most wonderful things about this is all five organizations help elderly in our region in different ways. None of them do exactly the same. So I, I find that this was a, a, a terrific thing. And now want to be able to have you understand what wonderful work they are doing. 
Uh, they're going to come up and make a brief presentation, uh, each one separately, and then uh, we will have a blessing of the joint work that they and this congregation hope to accomplish and therefore fulfill the legacy of Letitia Cawthorn. We will start with uh, someone from Re uh, the Better Housing Coalition. Hello, my name is Joyce Jackson, and I'm the Vice President of Re Resident Services at the Better Housing Coalition. Thank you for inviting BHC here today, and we're honored to be here with you as well as with our friends and colleagues in the community. Um, BHC is celebrating its 30, 30th year of serving low-income families and seniors, primarily through the development and building of affordable single and multifamily housing throughout the greater Richmond area. Once somebody becomes a BHC resident, my team steps in to assess how we might help them achieve greater financial or physical stability through our free resident services programs. BHC offers also programs for children and youth throughout the year, and we assist adults through our workforce development program. But of course, today I want to concentrate on our elder services. Um, among our 16 rental communities, we have eight independent living communities for seniors in Richmond, Chesterfield, Henrico, and Petersburg. And in fact, our first senior community was right down the street in the 1600 block of Grove, Columns on Grove. Um, we also serve seniors who live in our multifamily communities. <clears throat> in total, each year, we and our program partners, some of whom are, are with us among us today, serve more than 750 senior residents. And we have a new BHC community um, that's going to break down, uh, break ground this summer in Chesterfield, so that number is going to be expanding. In independent senior housing, um, each of our individuals has their own apartment, or if it's a couple, they have their own apartment, they have their own lease. What makes us a little bit different are the supportive services that we provide that allow our residents to age in place. For most of us, the majority of us, I would say, um, as we age, our need for support gets bigger. So through our programs for seniors, we offer residents an opportunity to live healthier and more connected lives. Fill out Holly's forms. <laughs> our health and wellness services are delivered by a nurse on staff with a specialty in gerontology. And our social workers are also specialists in aging services, and they provide residents with benefits assistance, insurance help, case management services, and counseling. We work with community providers, including faith-based groups, to coordinate a, house, uh, a host of nutritional supports, arts and cultural opportunities, as well as socialization and civic engagement opportunities, and that's, that is what keeps them connected. These services, together with safe, stable, and affordable housing, provide a real holistic approach that allows our seniors to live their best lives. Our staff and the deep relationship they build with the residents are a key ingredient to helping our residents age in place. Many of our elders have lived with us 20 years and longer. Our services are free, and they're voluntary to all of our residents. 
and we, our department is supported 100% through philanthropy. <clears throat> Excuse me. We would be grateful for any support from the 7th Street Christian Church, and we would use this support for senior programming across our portfolio. Liz and I look forward to speaking with you further about our work, because I could go on and on and on, but thank you very much for having us. Next, we will hear from uh, Linda Adams, who is a parent with, uh, with one of the clients for SOAR 365. Good morning. My name is Linda Adams. I have a son that is served by um, SOAR 365. I'm so excited and honored to be with you all here today, and I'm grateful that the Seventh Street Christian Church is considering a donation to what you may remember as Greater Richmond ARC. ARC became SOAR 365 just over a month ago, and while the name has changed, the story I'm about to share with you still holds true. It is a story about turning adversity into opportunity, having faith, and strengthening the family dynamic. It's my family's story. My son, Justin, who's 22 years old, has autism spectrum disorder and operates at about a five-year-old level he lives with his parents and his older brother. Between the three of us, we balance the care and supervision of Justin. He can never be left alone and needs constant monitoring due to his medical, he has epilepsy, and his mental needs. Because he only operates at a five-year-old level, he, he can't figure things out for himself. If our family didn't have adult day support services, one of us could not work. We'd have to be home with him full time. When a Grace Place closed, our family was heartbroken. It is extremely difficult to get quality adult care with trustworthy individuals, especially for someone like Justin who is nonverbal and cannot tell us if he is being mistreated or mishandled. When a Grace Place closed, all three of us were juggling our schedules to make sure we had coverage for Justin. We even had to ask our relatives to help with his care so we can continue working. It took me almost six weeks to look for a place, but I couldn't find anybody that was as good as Grace Place, and I knew that ARC was full and they would not take him. Um, then one day I got a call from what was ARC, was now th SOAR 365, asking if Justin wanted to be um, considered for a, p a position there. I'll never forget that day I received that phone call. SOAR 365 was opening up in the former Grace Place facility where Justin had thrived, and they would be hiring some of the same staff who had worked with him in the past. Justin was one of the first adults served on opening day, he transitioned as if nothing had ever happened. The building was restored and refreshed and was warm and welcoming, and the staff who greeted us made us feel right at home. Justin never saw a difference between when it was a Grace Place and SOAR 365. That's how great they established it. Justin benefits from this kind of program because he cannot be left alone and needs constant monitoring. He needs to be in a structured setting where he can participate in activities and practice his social skills with the friends he has made. SOAR 365 helps our family by, by providing a safe and friendly environment for him. They get him out in the community and they are helping him develop his social interaction. He is building friendships and most importantly, they give him a place away from home where he can feel included and engaged. Justin comes home happy. He is laughing and smiling each time I pick him up. In the morning when I drop him off, I see the staff engaging and friendly. I see some of his old friends from a Grace Place have returned. These are all signs of a wonderful environment for him. 
None of this would be possible if it weren't for the efforts of SOAR 365. I am grateful that 7th Street Christian Church is considering a donation to SOAR 365 at Staples Mill. While Justin is one of the youngest adults at Staples Mill, he requires the same constant supervision and care as the older adults in the program. I hope he can be at a place like SOAR 365 as he ages. Currently, there are 53 individuals that participate in the program at Staples Mill. Each one of these individuals receives the care they need as well as the opportunities they need to soar. Your gift will help pay for a full-time registered nurse to monitor the health of the program participants, extended hours to meet the needs of working family members, and transportation for program participants whose only option is SOAR 365. About half of the men and women at Staples Mill are over 50, and some have dementia and Alzheimer's as well as other health issues. Your gift will enable them to enjoy healthy snacks and lunch and support weekly visits from Art on Wheels, a nonprofit who helps our program participants express themselves through art. Your gift enables our program participants to explore and engage our community with visits to stores, restaurants, parks, museums, and many other Richmond area attractions. As a parent who's someone who receives these services, I'm very appreciative of your consideration of an investment in creating life-fulfilling opportunities for individuals with disabilities and to SOAR 365. I am truly grateful to all who have endeavored to make the life of Justin and others better. My sincerest gratitude for all that have been, has been done for disabled adults like Justin who deserve a safe, friendly, and welcoming home away from home. My heart has been truly touched by this opportunity for my son and for our family. Thank you. Now we will hear from uh, Thelma Watson, who's the Executive Director of Senior Connections. Good morning, <clears throat> and thank you for the warm welcome. My colleague Steve Hicks and I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to share information with you this morning about Senior Connections and specifically about our housing stability program um, supporting older adults in the Richmond community. Uh, we noticed that your eye-catching website demonstrates that 7th Street Christian Church is committed to many outreach ministries and we have heard about them this morning. Uh, those that align with our programs include Telecare, which matches our program, Telebridges. Also, Meals on Wheels, which matches our program, um, Home Delivery Meals, and Support for Veterans, uh, which aligns with our No Wrong Door Service Coordination Program, just to mention a few. Uh, we look forward now to having a continuing partnership with you uh, to include opportunities for volunteers, support for caregivers, and uh, the opportunity to share information about resources. Uh, Senior Connections has served the Richmond community since 1973. Uh, we are a part of 25 area agencies on aging in the Commonwealth of Virginia and about 700 nationwide. Uh, we serve about 24,000 older adults and caregivers each year, um, providing direct services to about 3,600 each year. Um, in doing so, we're able to offer them um, support as they age 
and also a better quality of life. Uh, you will notice in our display that our various home and community services fall into uh, categories such as helping people stay home. Uh, we are able and have assisted uh, many older adults with housing-related assistance, emergency services. Uh, we've been able to do this um, in a piecemeal fashion uh, based on funding availability from um, temporary sources. Uh, we know that we have thousands of others in our community who will benefit from similar assistance. And what we want to do uh, with your donation is to have this program more structured and to have it become sustaining. Um, we believe that having a combined partnership effort uh, will positively in impact the people that we serve um, and that we will be able to expand our efforts to help older adults remain in their homes um, and in their community where we all prefer to be. Uh, we therefore commend 7th Street Christian Church's compassion in your generosity in providing help to older adults who um, are experiencing housing instability. Um, I want to share a few um, comments about some troubling trends that we have in our community that reflect high eviction rates, and also an increase in older adult homelessness. Um, as a result, we see the need and we want to institute a revolving housing investment program. Uh, this program will help us reverse the trends that uh, devastate our seniors and undermine their dignity. And we may ask why revolving with planning, education, supporting evaluation uh, we can improve the economic situation of those that are in, at risk of housing instability. Uh, we want to incorporate a comprehensive program to fund home improvements, such as plumbing, electrical repair, insulation, help with utilities, rent, and mortgage. Um, and then um, these activities would be in conjunction with educational and training supports uh, that will help individuals move from temporary crisis um, to a more stable position. Initially, we envision assisting 75 to 100 individuals each year, uh, getting them to a point of stability, following them for a period of time, and then being able to move on to help an additional 100 to 150 individuals uh, with incremental increases each year. Um, additionally, uh, some of the people that we assist uh, could move or revolve into being donors themselves. We look forward to that. Uh, we also would work with our community um, and set aside a portion of revenues and contributions so that we could have a sustaining fund. Uh, we know that we will never run out of seniors or any others who uh, will be in need. Um, therefore, we will also use the expertise of our um, partner, the um, Age Wave Coalition, um, so that we have an ongoing evaluation component so that as we conduct the project, we can incorporate changes to strengthen, improve, and sustain the program using evidence-based research and best practices from other communities. Uh, so in closing, uh, we want to uh, thank you sincerely uh, for uh, the opportunity to be a 
potential recipient of your generosity. Um, and we further uh, want to tell you that we appreciate the unique and blessed opportunity to implement this impactful project to support your vision. What's Sunday like? Moving to share God's love with all. And we thank you so much and God bless. Next, we have Pam Embry, who is the Development Director at St. Francis Home. Good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for having me here today and giving me uh, an opportunity to share a little bit about St. Francis Home. Uh, my name is Pam Embry. I'm the Development Director of St. Fran Francis Home. We're a nonprofit assisted living facility right here in Richmond, Virginia. And just out of curiosity, how many of you have heard of St. Francis Home before this weekend? Okay, not many. Uh, well, if you don't know about us, you should, because we provide a very valuable service to individuals in our community. Many of our residents have very few choices of places to live because of their income status or their mental illness. We have had some people uh, that were homeless come to stay with us permanently. We were founded in 1973 by the Richmond Catholic Diocese to serve the needs of low-income seniors. We began our ministry 45 years ago with 10 low-income seniors, and today we are home to 120 residents. Our mission is to provide high-quality residential and assisted care to seniors over 50 and disabled adults of limited financial means in a, in a home-like environment where independence, dignity, and self-worth are nurtured. We provide a home for more residents who receive, whose expenses are paid for by the state through an auxiliary grant program than any other assisted living facility in the state of Virginia. Over half of our residents receive this auxiliary grant, and this grant only pays about $1,300 a month. Uh, the other half of our residents pay reduced rates, which are well below the average assisted living facility cost. Just recently, Genworth came out with their 2018 cost of care survey, and they reported that the average assisted living facility cost $4,500 a month. We are well below uh, what we offer uh, for our, we, we offer great value for our residents. As I mentioned, we're a, a ministry of the Catholic Church, but most of our residents are not, don't consider themselves Catholic. Only about 10 to 20% do. We are open to all denominations. We do have a, a small chapel, and we offer Mass and the Rosary, uh, praying the Rosary four times a week. So we, we truly do and offer um, a, a connection with God. We do God's work. Church groups of all faiths are welcome to come in and share their services with us. My office is on a resident floor, so I see the residents getting ready for their day. They come in, they gossip with me. Sometimes I watch TV with them, unfortunately. Uh, and they've become like family to me. So I'm very fortunate to be able to stand before you and um, let you all know that we are very fortunate that you are considering us for a distribution of your grant. Each fiscal year, we begin our year with a budget shortfall. This year, St. Francis Home must fundraise over half a million dollars just to meet our budget needs. All of our fundraising efforts are critical to bridge the gap between what a resident can pay and the care and services they receive. This is our biggest need. A distribution from the Cawthorn Fund would help us provide for the low-income poor, which was Ms. Cawthorn's true intent at, back in 1929. 
We provide three meals a day, laundry and housekeeping services, activities and medication management for each and every one of our residents. We serve over 375,000 meals each year, and we administer over 3,000 medications on a daily basis. Uh, caring for these residents requires an enormous effort, and we depend on the community for, our, for help. Our only income stream is from resident room and board, which is not enough to cover the services that we provide. I encourage all of you to visit our website at stfrancishome.com. We have a, a wonderful new video we just put out there with testimonials between some uh, our residents and their family members. And uh, call me, and I'd love to give you a tour of St. Francis Home. Seeing really is believing. It's a wonderful facility. And um, become involved. If you would like to, any volunteer opportunities, we're always looking for volunteers. And uh, consider being a benefactor. It may be one of the most rewarding experiences you ever, uh, you ever make. I'll be available after mass to answer, after service rather, to answer any questions you may have. I give speeches at Catholic churches, so I'm used to saying mass. <laughs> um, I'd love to tell you more about us. So, um, and thank you all so much for considering St. Francis Home. God bless. And now representing Rebuilding Together Richmond is Scott Kessler, the board chair. Uh, dear Seven uh, Street Christian Church, thank you for inviting Malcolm and I today to talk about what our organization does here in Richmond and um, what our service is for the Richmond community. Rebuilding Together is a national organization with the mission to repair homes, revitalize community, and rebuild lives. Rebuilding Together of Richmond is the regional affiliate that executes the vision of safe homes, and communities for the clients in the tri-cities of Richmond, Hopewell, Petersburg, as well as the counties of Henrico and Chesterfield. Our clients are low-income, predominantly elderly homeowners that must reside in the house. It is our belief and goal that each home should be safe, warm, and dry, allowing the homeowners to stay in place. Um, there is dignity to aging in your home gracefully, and that is supported by our funding. Funding sources include federal and local um, agencies, foundations, sponsorships, and individual giving. Um, we provide all home repairs at no cost to the homeowner. Rebuilding Together has operated in Richmond since 1992. During this time, over 30,000 volunteers have repaired over 1,500 homes in 30 different neighborhoods in these five localities. During 2018, we completed differing, differing amount of uh, repairs to more than 50 homes. The average spend was about $6,000, which is higher when we repair roofs, electrical, plumbing, heating and air conditioning systems, and a little bit lower when we just put in grab bars and paint. We have working relationships with many local trade service providers to repair the conditions that volunteers usually can't handle. Along the way last year, we had about 800 volunteers um, help us out. Our most ambitious endeavor, endeavor is National Rebuild Day. On that day, typically the last Saturday in April, every rebuilding affiliate in the United States completes repairs to many homes. This year on Saturday, April 27th, we are prepared to uh, renovate about 35 homes in the Highland Park area of the city of Richmond. We're repairing roofs, upgrading electrical services, installing ramps, replacing windows, 
and painting as some examples of our opportunities. We devote many months to seeking the clients, reviewing the work scopes, and organizing the trades and volunteers. It is a highly rewarding day for everybody involved. Most of our volunteers come from our pool of individual and sponsor organizations. In fact, nearly 80% of our work teams repeat from year to year. There are five local churches that have been with us for many years, and these work teams are some of our greatest rebuilders. Another important aspect of our rebuilding is rebuilding lives. We constantly survey our, uh, um, survey our homeowners, and for many years of feedback, I can tell you this. Nearly 80% of our recipients um, state that their home repairs helped a great deal. At least 10% say that um, the repairs kept them from being homeless. The best statistic is that 90% of the people that we help expect that they can now live safely in their homes for 10 years or more. And I leave you with this quote from Mrs. Ms. Robertson, who was one of our um, clients last year. She said, before I had to get help going up and down my steps, so I needed some assistance. Now I can go up and down freely all by myself. They made a big difference in my home. I think the value of my home went up. I thank God for you all. I have lots of people asking, who did your house? I'm proud of the work that you did. Funding sources for our type of services are not always consistent. We have grown significantly since 2014, nearly doubling our revenue, and it has allowed us to serve more clients, be in more homes, and repair them to a greater level of detail. To continue to realize these opportunities and serve as many needs as possible, we constantly seek new partners to share in our success stories. We appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. It's been my goal to give you a little bit of information about what Rebuilding Together of Richmond does and our impact on the, on, the, on the community. I'm Scott Kessler. As Steve said, I'm the chairman of the board of directors at Rebuilding Together. And along with me today is Malcolm Jones. Malcolm has been with us for over five years. He's currently our executive director, and he leads a staff of only six people that make all this happen. We'll be available for additional questions and give you even more details about our service to Richmond and the surrounding communities. Thank you again for your time and prayers in, in our ministry, and we appreciate your consideration and are excited as 7th Street Christian Church may partner with Rebuilding as a sponsor, think cash, and possibly with work teams during our 2020 Rebuilding Day next year, think time. Thanks again. Uh, please let me say, I have signed up for April 27th to go out and be a volunteer, and I invite anyone else who would like to join me, let me know, and hopefully we can provide help. Uh, all of these uh, representatives will be available after service because I'm sure they were not able to possibly answer all of your questions, but they would be happy to do so after the service. Thank you all. Um, as Steve was sharing, um, 
they, they, all of our organizations have tables set up in the narthex and in the parlor, and we invite everyone to stay a few minutes after, um, learn more about these organizations, ask questions that you may have to them. That is why they are here, and enjoy, I forgot to make this announcement, some fair trade coffee. Um, <laughs> we're supposed to launch that this week too. Um, so I, those of you who are participating in my Being Mortal um, Lenten series, this is, I don't know about you, but this is really weaving all of those pieces together as we are reading this book, Being Mortal, and talking about what it looks like um, to live independently and to live and die well. Um, so I don't know about you, but I've been thinking about that during, during what y'all are sharing. So um, I invite y'all to come forward because those of you who are participated in sharing today, um, as actually Jamie Babzak had shared earlier that giving, um, that we are able to give far more than just financial gifts but that we are able to share gifts of time as, as well. Um, and one of the things that we wanted to do is share a prayer for y'all um, and, and noting that this is just the beginning of hopefully what is um, a long-term relationship of, of ministry and partnering together. So friends, I invite you to turn in your bulletin where it shares congregational response. And I invite us to stand and share these words together with our partners. Friends, we thank you for sharing the spirit of your work with us this morning. May the Holy Spirit guide and strengthen those that serve your organizations. We know the work you do while rewarding is not easy. We pray for continued courage patience, and vision. May this day represent a new friendship and partnership. We look forward to working alongside you, and we pledge our prayers, encouragement, and support to your work. Amen, and thank you so much, friends. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. God of mercy, we are here. We are here. We come here to seek your heart, to ask for your lens. We want your vision. We want to see every living being on this earth through your eyes. It's so easy to lavish love on those whom we are like and those who we do like, those who look like us act like us, believe like us. Lord, give us your lens, please. Instill us with a reflexive, active, justice-seeking love for those who we are not like, those who look differently, act differently, believe differently. Those who have more than 12 items in the express lane, Lord, you love them, may we show them love. Those who cut us off in traffic, Lord, you love them, may we show them love. Those who seem intentionally unhelpful on the phone, 
those who seem incessantly to demonstrate a lack of caring for anyone but themselves. Lord, you love them. May we show them your love. May we actively feel your love for all to whom you've granted life. For we too are imperfect, and you love us and unfailingly welcome us. You welcome us here. We are here. We are here. We seek your heart, your eyes, your forgiveness, your love. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we have been called to manifest God's righteousness and to be ambassadors of Christ's love. Our financial offering is one of the ways we are able to carry out God's purpose for our ministry together. Today we have been witness to what faithful stewardship looks like in action. Such gifts are a witness to Christ's love in our community and world. To share our financial and other resources in this way is how we can serve one another. So we, in, so we are invited to give generously as God generously gives to us.
Thank you, O oh God, for loving us and laboring with us as we seek you and as we help others in their seeking. Bless these offerings which we return to you, that in our seeking and our serving, we may help others to feel the embrace of your and our wide welcome. Guide us in your wisdom and love, that we may use these gifts to manifest your righteousness in the world in all we do. Amen. You may be seated. God in Christ breaks down the walls that make us strangers to ourselves and divide us from one another. We are the body of Christ, and around this table we enact our faith. The body broken is restored to wholeness. Lifeblood poured out brings healing to our world. Let us prepare our hearts for communion. As we join our voices in our communion hymn, These I Lay Down. We will sing verses 1 and 5, and the hymn can be found on page 391. On this table, we remember the story that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, This bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus poured out the wine and blessed it and gave it to them and said, The wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Friends, this morning we partake of communion through intinction, and you are invited to come forward, take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and partake of both elements together. Please know that no matter who you are or where you are from, you are welcome to this table. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for this time when we gather together at the table. Thank you for the life of Jesus and his ministry and teachings. Bless this bread to our bodies so that we can honor you in service to others. Amen. 
infinite God whose timeless presence has guided your children throughout the many centuries and continues as our guiding light today. We thank you for this cup of salvation. Enhance our desire to become better and more worthy Christians. We seek your promised presence as we drink this cup of blessing, remembering Jesus who gave his all for each one of us. Make us more grateful for the everyday blessings and use us, O oh God. Amen. I invite you to pray with me. 
We thank you, God, for inviting us to this table where we have experienced the presence of Christ and we have received all Christ's gifts. Strengthen our faith. Increase our love for one another. And let us show forth your praise in our lives through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen. invite us to stand and share our voices in our closing hymn, The Church's One Foundation. We will sing verses 1 and 2.